In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Merry Christmas, dear saints. People loved by God, today we rejoice in the greatest gift of gifts, the God who has given us his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. He says in John 3, In this way, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The same apostle John would later write, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and gave his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Christmas is when we see the real love of the Father in heaven by sending us his Son, Jesus Christ, to be the one who is given into death for our sins. But how is it that we actually know God and the love that he has for us? Well, this is what the incarnation and birth of Jesus really are all about. John's, John says something in our gospel reading today that we really should not glance over. He says, No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. The problem, of course, is that we have been separated from God by our sin. That's really what sin is. It is a separation from God. We were all conceived and born in sin, separated from our God, cast out of his presence. We heard last night in our lessons and carols reading again the story of Eden. In Eden, where our first parents knew God and spoke with him face to face. But then, in their rebellion, they were driven from the very presence of God. And a chasm was fixed between us and heaven so that we may not go from here to there. St. Paul uses this same kind of description to describe God giving us over to our sinful desires as a punishment for sin. We are no longer in communion with him in our sin, but we are cut off from his love. This is the real consequence of sin, and this is a taste of what hell really is, a total and final separation from God and his love. You may recall the story of the rich man and Lazarus from Luke's gospel. Jesus describes there hell as primarily being a separation between the rich man and God. And left on our own, there's not a lot that we can know about God. St. Paul writes, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. In other words, we can know that God is powerful beyond our wildest imaginations by simply observing the creation around us. If I may be permitted to extrapolate on this just a bit, this means 
that we can see that not only is God powerful, but he's also perhaps angry with us. Consider this most recent blast of winter weather we had this weekend. Despite having a thoroughly modern home, we still had ice on our window panes, and we still had the, the natural cold that kind of seeped in through all of the areas that it could seep in because the wind just beat against the house. Or even consider all of the things that we've seen in the world just this last year. Hurricane Ian in Florida, the volcanic eruption in Hawaii. What is man against these forces of nature? God describes himself like this through the prophet Isaiah. He writes, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God is so far above and beyond us, that we cannot comprehend him on our own any more than an ant can comprehend Shaquille O'Neal. Thus says the Lord. But dear saints, our God wants to be known. He wants to be known by his creation, and he wants to be made known to the crown jewel of his creation. That is, you and me. God wants us to know him. No one has ever seen God, John tells us. Moses asked to see God in the Exodus, but God told him that no one could see his face and live. So if God wants to be known by us, his lowly creatures, something quite extraordinary must take place. Here again, the climax of our gospel reading. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. God must wrap his divine power his holiness, his glory in a package that contains all of his eternal might. He must wrap that in a package that is comprehensible and knowable by man. And the way that God chose to do this is quite magnificent. The word becomes flesh. The eternal word from God who was with God in the beginning who is God, the one through whom all things were made, has become flesh for us. This God became flesh in the child of Bethlehem, born where animals sleep, laid in a manger where animals feed. The eternal Lord God, who was with God from the beginning, and who is God himself, the second person of the Holy Trinity, he comes as the child of Bethlehem in order to reveal to us the love of God. People loved by God. Jesus, the God who is at the Father's side, makes the Father known to us. 
The writer of Hebrews says, In many and various ways God spoke to his people of old by the prophets, but now in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. God's fullest and final revelation about himself was not made through prophets or apostles, but was made in his Son becoming flesh for us, in order that we might know his love towards us poor sinners. Jesus, praying the high priestly prayer to the Father in John 17, said, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And this, dear saints, is why Jesus has come, that we would know him and thus would have eternal life. God's self-revelation in the flesh and blood of Jesus happened in time, now more than two millennia ago. But that self-revelation from God, it doesn't stop there. Jesus has taken humanity into himself, that body that was born of Mary, that grew, that suffered, that died, that rose and ascended into heaven, is still his body. And when he returns on the last day, we will see him as the apostles saw him taken up into heaven at the ascension. But you, people loved by God, have an even more intimate and immediate and personal revelation from God. For here, this morning, your Jesus comes to you again in flesh and blood, swaddled under the bread and wine of the sacrament of the altar. Here, he comes to you today, that you would know God and his love for you in a most personal and powerful way. For here, at this altar, you will hear and taste and smell and feel and come to know that God has given his son for you, that your sins would be forgiven, would be taken away by the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. This Lord Jesus Christ has become flesh and blood for you. This eternal Son of God has come that you also would be declared God's sons and daughters. And he has become flesh for you in order that you may know God's intention to redeem you from sin and death in both body and soul, now and forevermore. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.